This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today, oh dear, we've got double trouble in the house in the form of Stuart Clinton Property. Did you hear that? I said it right, boys. Stuart Clinton Property, not Stuart Clinton Properties, Stuart Clinton Property. Does this mean that they've only got one? One property. Yes, that's right. And that's all they're going to okay. talk about for the whole podcast. So it's going to be amazing. But you'll recognise, so uh, frequent property jammers will know one half of Stuart Clinton property in the form of Max Rayner, who is an old friend and previous guest on Property Jam. Episode and now he's come back with his business partner, Mr. Alex Baker. No relation to Matt, we should add. And uh, yeah, I'm going to hand over to you boys to introduce yourselves and what you're all about. Hello. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's good to come on with Alex this time. Yeah, I feel all nervous. It's my debut. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, Max worked out the first time round, so it can only be an improvement, so don't worry about it. We'll break it yeah. past virginity. <laughs> it's the only way we're going to allow Max back on is if you were here just to keep him in check <laughs> every podcast I go on it ends up about me getting rinsed I think I'm doing alright thanks <laughs> you get what you attract right yeah. Um, so yeah yeah, we're, um, we're Stuart Clinton Property I'm Alex and that is Max as you know um, we started our business back in 2017, mainly focusing on high-end HMOs and co-living spaces. Uh, but more recently, we have redirected our attention to supported living and care homes. Um, so we've just completed the development of an 11-bed mental health care home in the city centre of Coventry. Um, and it's our, our pride and joy, our, uh, our real kind of like staple piece that we love talking about at the moment. Um, and yeah. I hadn't noticed. So that again, I hadn't noticed. You hadn't noticed. Well, you know, we are property. I haven't noticed yeah. that you've written a book even, Matt. <laughs> no, I don't we talking about. Touche. I'm real. Can't <laughs> <laughs> get the digs out early. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've kind of really redirected into the care and assisted living space, and that's the direction that we're um, looking to move over the next, um, over the coming years. And we've got ourselves a little goal, or quite a big goal actually, of uh, housing 200 vulnerable people by 2025. Yeah, so that's us. That's a pretty epic goal, to be fair. Yeah, and if we achieve it by 2026, we'll just need another two units, one for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it. Very good, very good. Yeah, and, and just, just to rephrase that, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be vulnerable by then. <laughs> just to rephrase that, though, it'll be when you achieve it. When? You said yeah, if we achieve it. It's like, no, it is inevitable. You will achieve that goal. And probably well before then, I guess. Think so as well because you boys are you're motoring now. Now that you've, now, do you know what changed? I think because up until recently, I mean, you guys can talk about the premise of your business a bit as well because you know we talk about human side of property. It just plays into that massively. But as soon as you got clear on your mission, it's just like you've taken off, isn't it? Yeah, I remember because obviously the first time I came on, we were talking about some of the beautiful HMO projects that we were doing, um, and back then, really, it was solely about the money as much as we did think about 
the tenants and how they live and how they operate in the property. Really, for me and Alex, um, we'll admit that we were just doing property for money. We were just doing it for the sole purpose of how much money can we make every month and how much value can we add to this property? And that was it. And we quickly realized that there wasn't passion in that. There wasn't sort of, we didn't even feel like we'd accomplished anything. And we, we had that one project, I think I spoke about in the last podcast, we had the HMO where it took a year to get through planning and everything went wrong and the project manager went to hospital and it was, it was just a disaster. And that was so hard to get through. And then at the end of it, we were like, oh, you know, once it got full and everything, we were like, oh, is that it sort of thing? Um, and obviously because our company's built on um, our two fathers passing, my dad was Stuart, Alex's dad was Clinton, um, as soon as we found out about sort of care, support, living in that whole sector, it just flicked the switch in our heads and all of a sudden gave us a, a, a whole nother meaning to do property. Um, because we've had our own mental health issues as well. Obviously losing, losing your dad's young and a few other bits we've been through, we can really relate to the people that, that we're helping. And that is really why um, we're motoring along now. And we changed the mission to not be about we want x amount in our portfolio we need x amount per month we we actually don't care we we really don't care how much money we make per month so we've made it about the people and now it's about the people the money is the byproduct of doing a good job you know what's 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 the difference between 20 grand a month 30 grand a month 40 grand a month to us not a lot you know once we've got enough and we are we have got enough and we are financially free it can't just keep being about the money because it would just never stop. And I don't think we'll ever feel satisfied. So we had to change it. And then when we changed it, that's when people wanted to be part of our mission and the money was flooding in. So it's a, it's a bit of a spin on the head. That's not to say that money's not important. We're not living in fairyland, just going, yeah, we'll buy that. And it doesn't matter if we lose <laughs> half a mil there. And, you know, as long as that person's happy. Um, but it was weird because on our first project, this, this big care home, we have actually done another one. Um, I remember Alex and I sat down at a crucial point in the project and we just went, do you know what, mate, if we break even or lose a little bit on this, it actually doesn't matter because we've housed 11 vulnerable people. Our investors have got paid. Um, everyone else has got paid. Our builders have been paid. The care operators vision's been um, fulfilled. That was good enough for us. But if, if you'd said that to one of our HMOs, we probably would have gone through the roof. Mm. It's pretty good. Through the roof. You're trying to be funny. And, and you, you had the, the this kind of juxtaposition of these two projects, one which basically everything went wrong. It was so painful um, as this kind of small HMO. How many bedrooms was that one? Five. Five. Yeah. There's five bed HMO, which was extremely painful. And then you've got this 11 bedrooms care home. So on, on like a scale of one to 10, like how do they compare like in terms of ease and effort? <laughs> uh similar stresses more money's involved yeah. um but yeah sorry you, you no i mean say. every every project has its issues um any any investor developer you guys all know that there's never a project that goes smoothly from start to finish it just doesn't exist um so every project definitely has its problems um but i think when, when you're doing a smaller project you just expect things to kind of go well um, and be easy so maybe maybe you take your eye off the ball a little bit maybe the the people that you're working with do um, but I think because this project we knew it was our biggest one yet and it was so important because we were 
you know, we were doing it for vulnerable people. We wanted to make a good impression on the care company. There was a lot riding on it um, in terms of not just this project, but the future of Stuart Clinton and our vision and where we wanted to go. Um, we were definitely a lot more vigilant in everything that we were doing, um, but it still had its stresses. Mm. Me, me and Max would wake up um, and tell each other about the, uh, the nightmares that we had had about what happened to the project the night before um some weeks um yeah so you know there's, there's always stresses it's quite funny actually because on the little one we and because the company was smaller we were both involved but because our our roles have morphed um we deal with completely different sides of the project so alex deals with all of the uh, project management and oversees the builders and deals with the architects and everything whilst the project's on i deal with the sort of the front end and the back end so more of the fight the deal sourcing finance side um, making sure that everything's paid on time and all, all that sort of stuff. And then Alex does project and then I take over at the back end again. Um, so it's more now like one of us could be very happy merrily going into a weekend yeah. and it's the other person delivering the bad news. It could be a Friday and Alex is like, hey, how you doing, mate? I'm like, uh, yeah, not good. <laughs> I'm really sorry that I'm going to ruin your weekend, but I need to bear, I need to bear the stress onto someone else. If I'm going to have a bad weekend, you're having one with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Letting, I'm not letting him wait till Monday. He's as well. Um, but do you know, so what I will say is to, to add to what Alex said, the, the stakes are higher um, for sure because the, the, the money's more. Um, but I don't think this was as stressful as that project simply because it's now about managing your emotions because we've been through it before. So it's the experience from the last one that's helped yeah. us be less stressed so, on so, this one. Yeah. So when we overcome a problem, when we when we hit a problem that we don't have an answer to immediately and, and you need the weekend to ponder over it or a few days to ponder, we end up going, right, we'll be all right, mate. We always are. That's our new saying. We'll be all right, mate. We always are. And then a day later or two days later, once you've had sleep and time to ponder, one of us has got an idea um, and problem solved and we haven't we haven't run into anything yet that we've not been able to handle but then I do think that that has that there's cr some credit due to our to our personalities there of not giving up because there's been a lot of hurdles that someone else would just go do you know what sod it like I quit I can't deal with this anymore but we just keep attacking it and think outside the box and we'll just we, we we've always found a way and the more that you find a way the more confidence it gives you when any other problems come up. It's like, oh, well, we've, we've, you know, we've found our way before, so we'll do it again. And that's our confidence now going into going into it. Yeah, one of my favourite quotes. Sorry, um, Matt. As I say, one of my favourite quotes uh, of the last year is, um, "It'll be all right in the end. And if it's mm. not all right, it's not the end." Mm. Yeah. So, kind of plays into what we, you're saying. We we have had the conversation though of, um, you know, but you know, you know when there, there's that one where it'll be. You'll, we'll be all right, mate. But then when it gets really bad, you go, well, at least no one's died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, least we're not, at least we're not dead. <laughs> we always we say to each other, we're like, well, at least we're in it together. You know, yeah. if, if it all goes to shit and we're, we're bankrupt and we have to move back in with our mums, at least we'll be doing it together. We'll be outside in a, in a double cardboard box, outside a co-op in a double cardboard box together. <laughs> I love you. it. No, I, I think if, we, if we're on the street, would you give us some pounds in our little nah. coffee cup? No. Nah. <laughs> I'd buy you a sandwich. Exactly. No, but I think also because you're so clear now, I think two things have happened. Number one, you're really clear on the mission. 
And as a result of that, when you hit problems, you're so clear on what it is you want to achieve. It's like you just know that you're going to override them because the mission's so strong. Whereas that was missing before. Before it was just like HMOs are professionals. It's like, well, you know, it's not doing the same service. It's not offering the same community. It's it's different. And then you've clarified exactly what your strengths are within the business. And now you're playing to those strengths. So that means you sort of, do you know what I mean? You're leveraging that to overcome problems as opposed to firefighting together. It's, It's brilliant. Yeah, we we both we we've both come into our own, and we've really appreciated each other's strengths um, recently. Really, really, I think there's a lot of things that Alex does that I'd never be able to do, and I wouldn't want to do. Yeah, yeah. and it, it takes time to figure that out. Um, you know, we started the business back in 2017, and it, it literally does take you know years and multiple projects to really understand what mm. people's strengths are and what people's weaknesses are, because property was. Um, was a fairly you know on the scale that we're kind of doing it it was a fairly new thing um so there was there was a lot of firsts for us and until until you've had a go you've both had a go at doing them you don't really know who they're going to suit best yeah it is trial and error for a lot of it isn't it and then figuring out what you like what you're good at what you don't like etc i think it's just but most uh partnerships within business to go through like they they, they find the the level ground and what what works for everyone yeah I know we, we've asked this question to you before, Max, but we do ask it to everybody that comes on. So we'll ask it again. But what does the human side of property mean to Stuart Clinton? I think I'll, I'll let Alex have a quick think and answer properly because he hasn't been on before. But I back what I said last time about, you know, just admitting, like, stop trying to cover up when things go wrong because everyone everyone tries to cover up things and, and makes you believe on social media that it's all rosy and good, but you know, every project has problems and everyone makes a mistake. And if you can accept that and that that's a vulnerability of, of the industry that you're in and, and take that in your stride, then um, that's what's human being able to admit to everyone when, when things aren't good as well as when they're good, you know? Yeah. Love it. And silence. There we go. Nah, yeah. This is like, yeah, what Max said. <laughs> yeah. What he said. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Um, human side of property. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think what Max says rings very true. Um, and not only in property, in, in all business, it's um, it's easy to shout from the heavens when things are going well. Um, but to open up and kind of admit where where you've fallen short or where things haven't gone wrong for you will both help yourself and others. Um, it's definitely yeah. you know, I think I think we can improve on as well. It's, it's a difficult one in property because there, if you're in the middle of a project, there, there are certain aspects that you can't divulge. There are some things that you do have to keep to yourself until the project is maybe finished. And then you can come and say, oh, well, you wouldn't believe the shit we had to go through to get here. But while it's ongoing, it's, you know, you don't want to be telling your investors that, x y and z have gone wrong when it's you know all in full flow uh, but no i do completely agree i think um you know in order to to improve and um and keep moving forward you have to admit where you've where you've fallen short and um and share your experiences i think that's something we probably none of us are probably that keen to do because it's showing that vulnerable side that nobody wants to portray nobody really wants to put that out there um and especially when you're in the middle of something like you said alex if there's a problem right now on site you're so emotionally tied up into that that you don't really want to be sharing that at the, in the moment. But after the event, when it's all done and dusted, you'll have a clearer head and a better yeah. uh, per- perspective on it. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I, I, there's nothing that rings more alarm bells than if you ring someone, like a big stakeholder, for example, and you ring them up and just go, yeah, by the way, um, there's been a fire. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> it's, it's like you go, right, this happened. We have done this because of this. This is why it's going to cost X. Or we, if there's a problem, you need to come back with a solution. Not many people are good at that. We've experienced that of our builders, lettings agents. They come to you with a problem, but they have no idea how to fix it. Whereas we're big believers in, in what I just said. So if something happens um, where you don't need to make a decision, you put it to the person that does, but you say, look, this is the problem. There's option A, B, C, and D. How would you like to proceed? We'd recommend this because of this. Or if it is a decision that you need to make, then you just tell the people that are involved, right, this has happened. So we've done this. And that was the reason that we did it because of this. But so many people don't do that. Like your builder would just call you up and be like, uh, yeah, that's happened. And it's like, right, well, what are you going to do about it then? Mm. You know, mm. I'm not a builder. What are my options? And that's the annoying thing. It's when people tell you there's a problem and give you no solution and they've had no thought as to, to how to fix it yeah they want to make it your problem basically yeah exactly yeah mm. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A big thing deferring responsibility exactly that yeah yeah if they if they tell you what's going on and then you go off on your merry way to figure it out then they're just sitting there like right okay you know it, it, the, the blame is almost shifted from them um so yeah no, i completely agree with you there do you think the human side of property to you as a business has shifted as well since you've got clearer on the higher purpose? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it's not about so. us anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what radiates loud and clear now. Like even looking at your website and just kind of listening to, listen to you talk. Because do you remember, Max, when we had that conversation? Like, <laughs> the breakthrough was with you on the phone, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you remember? Like not claiming it of course because it was you you were ringing to tell me that like you know you'd had this brainwave where you were sort of thinking before you were trying to quantify the business in like financial targets weren't you and then you rang and like literally you it was like press play and off you went and you were just talking about the how it was going to be measured by how many people you help and that it didn't matter how much money you were going to make you actually didn't give a shit and then everything that you said before, and then it was like you were going to sit down on that Friday night and you were going to like forego going out that night or doing whatever it was you were supposed to be doing in order to write a mission statement. And I remember sitting on the end of the phone just thinking, oh, my God, this is such a massive shift. And I had tears streaming down my face. Do you remember? Because I was so moved by what you said, because I could just tell in that moment, oh, my God, you guys are going to take off. Like, this is it. Like, I could feel it. And that felt that just felt so human. It just felt so what it's all about. And we have, you know, and that's what's made the difference by making it about the people. Um, we've got a new saying now is, is uh, we've got two. It's uh, uh, money is a byproduct of the good work you do. That's what we say. Money's a, money's a byproduct of, the, of, of, the, of, a good, of doing a good job. Um, and we invest in people through property. That's our two things that we do. And we know if we invest in the people, right, um, then the money will, will come as a byproduct. Because what's enough? You know, how much money do you actually need? I don't want to yeah. waste my life worrying about how much I need. It's this way of thinking, by the way, is not for everyone. We're not the most analytical people. So some people like to have their financial forecast and financial plan. And of course, we've got that. We know how much we're going to need to raise. And because otherwise, it's just wishy-washy fairyland stuff. Um, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not 
I don't care. You know, what's once you've got enough, once you've got loads, it stops mattering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and what's the point if you're not helping people along the way? We're feeling good. We, we've just done a project that even if we, we did make money, but even if we didn't, we wouldn't have cared because, mm. and, and that that is powerful. Absolutely. And people want to be involved in that now. Like we're looking, before we were chatting to investors about individual projects. We're now talking to investors about, that want to invest in the whole vision, mm. that want to be, that want to want to be actually part of the journey because it resonates with them. So as opposed to people, um, you know, us that go right. Here's the project pack. This is this is how much your return is going to be. This is what it's going to be. Here's your money back after. It's now we're talking in the millions to people that want to put money in at the top at corporate level to feed the vision of the business to allow us to go out and buy multiple projects. Um, and the money will be in, a, in on a lot more of a long-term basis, which from a developer is, is a dream. And I don't believe that would have happened. Um, these conversations would have happened. It's not, not nothing set in stone yet, but these are the types of conversations we've been having with a few people. I don't think that would have happened if we didn't change our mindset. No, it's inter- interesting that when you stop focusing on the money, suddenly the money turns up. Yep. Yeah. Because people yeah. buy into you, they don't buy into the deal. I mean, honestly, you know, the, the, the numbers need to stack, right? You know, yeah. it's got to stack. But people actually, this is what I talk to my clients about all the time. It's like, it's, it's how you perform as an individual, what your mission is, yeah. how clear you are in communicating that. And when that is clear, the money comes. And that's exactly what you've done. And it's just, yeah, it's brilliant. Because every developer offers similar returns now. So what are they, what are they investing in? Exactly. You know, every, every developer of a track record, no matter where you go, will offer you the same returns as we do same returns as probably matt and Nile do other people are all offering similar returns what else extra is that investor going to get that makes your business stand out from the other developers yeah it's nice for us now to be able to speak to investors and, and pitch ourselves to be able to pitch mm. max and alex and Stuart finston property and the vision and the goal rather than you know here's a, a sheet of paper with all the the figures of a few you know mock-ups and stuff um and it's yeah, it's just a lot more powerful, and it, it resonates with people. And um, it's been, it's definitely yeah, had a massive shift in our business. Especially when you're dealing with high net worth individuals, it's like saying to David Beckham, "What would you like for your birthday?" Boy's got everything. He doesn't want stuff. He doesn't need more money. What he wants is a mission and a purpose. Yeah. So you've got to. It's it's when it's the emotional stuff actually sort of plays into it, which is exactly what you're tapping into. And the reason you're attracting the individuals you are now, because they care about your mission, not necessarily the project itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100% agreed. As you say, um, forget about the money and the money turns up. As soon as you start thinking about the minutiae. You know it from the beginning, but you just don't believe it. You're like, nah, surely not. I remember Joe. Do you remember when I was? I had a call with Joe. Me and Joe call each other quite a lot actually because we've not really got many friends and we've got nothing to do. (laughs) So um, we end up talking quite a bit about property and stuff. Do you remember when I called you panicking about needing thirty grand? Oh, that's right. The auction, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like we bought this property at auction with thirty grand short, and that was when I was focusing on the money. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to get that from. Um, no, I was just like, chill, chill, chill. It was such a small amount compared to the amount we're raising. Yeah, I was panicking over it. Yeah, but babe, that was only like, that's not even a year ago. Or was no, it? No, 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 it was like last no. October, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah, October. Yeah. November, mm. yeah. And like, just to think about that sort of shift in mindset and the business growth that you've had since then as a result of having this focus, like that 
is what it's all about. Everything changes when you're just on mission. That's just, that's what I love. Oh, I just got pumped. And to anyone else listening, like every single one of these deals we tied up, we tied up one at auction and we tied up one, which actually I probably wouldn't recommend to everyone, but we tied up these deals not having them back in ready. Um, and actually that, that made us do it. And that's against the walls. That's amazing what you can do. Like, well, we haven't got a choice now. Mm. Exactly. You have to. You, got you have to do it. You're going to say, and, and then you do. You find the way. You have those conversations which you wouldn't have otherwise. You, 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 you're more active than you would be. If you don't, need, you don't have to do it, you yeah. don't do it. So I think if without a deal, this, this, is, this is something which is really interesting. Like Similar to yourself, um, Niall and I have conversations about business growth and people invest into the business rather than into a project. But you still need the project. So, um, because people say, I love what you're doing. Yeah, show us an example. Yeah, show an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, and then they say, well, what, what are we going to invest into? It's like, well, here's a project. So you're still going to have that pipeline yeah, of deals cool. coming through. So they're like, yeah, I'm going into that. I'm going into that and, and showcasing um, yeah, th 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 that way. But um, um, yeah, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. But essentially, it's, um, yeah, that, that change of vision you make you make things happen mm. so, so when you've actually got the wall you make guys, things happen we see that yeah. with you guys as well with all the with all the co-living vision that you've got <laughs> some of the projects you're doing you know i think it's fair to say that when 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 you focused on that you're trying to shift the whole co-living market and and bring these properties out that aren't even available yet with amazing co-working places and you know all these lovely rooms before when you guys started doing that, your business was supercharged as well because that's your vision. So it really mm. does work. Definitely. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right, though, Matt. You, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You have to keep consistently doing projects regardless of how big or small yeah. they are. I mean, yeah, a bit of advice to anyone who's kind of starting out um, who's listening, even if they're just small deals, um, even if they're not the absolute prime pinnacle deal that you get taught about, um, just keep keep doing them because unless people can see that you're active and you're actually mm. buying and developing property yeah. it's it's going to be very hard for someone to believe in you if your last project was a year and a half two years ago it's that pipeline always have a pipeline yeah. of of um of, of leads so like with deals and with investors there's always have a pipeline so you might be speaking to five people who are all really interested in your project they they, they love the mission and then um, when you get the project, you, you agree that particular deal and um, they turn around and say, oh, actually, no, my money's tied up. It's not available for another three months. You say, well, I need it within the next four weeks. And so it's actually finding that person that's got the money when you need it and also the, um, that project. So it's tying them together. So pipeline uh, is probably a quite a important thing to be aware of. But um, even the high net worths, you know, the people in the, with a B next to their name or triple M's, that even they're, they're because they're, they got to that point because their money's not in the bank. They need mm. to release it from somewhere. So it's not just quick access for anyone. It doesn't matter what level you're doing it. Mm. No, no, you need to give people some notice. Say, yeah, um, having a conversation and then just, I'm still juggling because you're still going to buy that and agree that deal before you know where the money's coming from. But you know, you've got five to 10 people you can go and speak to, which then gives you that, um, kind of nonchalance when you have a conversation and like with or without your energy saying this deal's going to happen with or without you I don't need your money I've got another 10 people to speak to one of you is going to say yes 
um, and, and it will work for them. So again, you have that conversation. Uh, and if you're if you're speaking to one person and you you're thinking, well, is this, you know, this is the only person I can speak to about money, then your energy, the way you speak to them, changes because you are going to be subconsciously becoming more desperate. Um, whereas if you can just be like, say, we don't need your money. Um, it's going to happen because the project is really good. The mission is really good. You agree the mission is really good. Um, are you ready to go? And that's where they put the money where the mouth is, if they're the right person. But you know, having that, that pipeline is great. But I was just going to say now, um, you guys, I think, have come prepared with um, a question or two for us. Yeah. yeah, we we've been thinking about a couple. The last one was what was the worst name in the English language, wasn't it? Which I think we agreed was Morag. Was that right? It was. It was. It was. It was, it was Morag with Keith coming a close second night, if I remember. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think we poo pooed. Well. We poo pooed Keith now because we actually we, there's some Keiths that we actually like. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. also Keith Richards and Keith Lemon both came up in conversation recently, and I was like, whether you like them or loathe them, they're actually pretty cool. Like they're cool yeah. Keiths. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, so um, instead of revisiting old ground, shall we? Shall we hear Max's and Alex's? I'll, I'll let Alex tell this one. So, as 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 we've all got new little baby puppies in in the families, we're going to go down the animal route, and oh, Alex will ask the question. All Who's right. got a baby puppy? I do not have a puppy. No, have you got a puppy? We, Max we and Alex both do. We yeah. do. Oh, you've got you've got two of you together, separate puppies. It's got nothing to do with you, Matt. This is our question. Leave us alone. It's all about me. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were calling my daughter a puppy, that's all. Um, so I was actually kind of flitting between two. Um, the first one was, if animals can talk, which would be the rudest? And the other one would be... Easy. If, if you could domesticate any animal as a pet, what would it be? Oh, God. Good. If I could domesticate any animals, I would love a pet elephant. <laughs> I just love elephants. I've got a, I love elephants and went on safari two years ago now nearly. And um, on, we left at like five o'clock in the morning one day to go out on safari. I think it was one of the first days that we were there. And we had only gone a few hundred yards out to the gate and there was an elephant right there. I was like, that's it. My safari is over. I can go home oh. now. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, a pet elephant for me. I hope you've got a big garden then, though. Of course, on my estate, there'll be plenty of room. <laughs> about logistics. <laughs> Although I'm not sure about the ethics of um, uh, having elephants in captivity. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a hypothetical question. Matt, come on, mate. Yeah. When you well, see me walking some, down some Lewisham High Street. It, for, those, for those listeners that will be like, can't, can't do that. Anyway, next one. Joe, over to you. <laughs> I want to go to which would be the rudest. So, um, oh, so in my head, I went to the whole cats and dogs argument. Like, you know, which it's a cat. A cat would just be an absolute asshole. Like, yeah. I know what my cats are thinking when they look at me, and it's mm -hmm. normally like, "You're still in bed. Feed me, bitch. Why aren't you giving me any love? Or don't come near me. Or I just and if they could see it, like if they could say it." I can see in their eyes, but they would be so rude. And I love, that's why I love cats. I love the reverence. I love the indifference of them. It's just feist. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> for, for some reason, I've also got kind of furry animals in my mind, but I, I just think beavers would be horrendously rude. A beaver? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, 
They hold hands, do they? That, to, to be fair, Matt, I can see what you mean. You know, when they're floating down the river on their back, like chilling out, their feet up in the air. Quite arrogant. Yeah, yeah, right. like, like, yeah, they, that's, that's them floating like that, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and also, they like build dams and, and they're like, I'm going to put my home right in the middle of the street. Like a developer would. Yeah, I was going to say, they're the property developers of the animal world. They they prim- they've got permitted development to do that, so it's okay. <laughs> in their mind. In their mind. It's fine, it's fine. Mind. It. The, the flow risk <laughs> investment doesn't matter because they're going to, yeah. Exactly. All right, so who would be the planning officer in the animal world? Oh, who oh. would be hippopotamus? Oh. <laughs> no. Planning oh. officer is probably going to be something an like. I'll be an owl. Wouldn't it be an owl? Yeah. Something yeah. like an owl because, because they can see from the ground. They're, yeah. they're flying and seeing from above. Um, they're probably. 360 thinking, problems. Like, what's wrong with this yeah. project? Looking at it at all angles. Like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, jobs worth annoying. You know, super detailed. Yeah. So yeah, now. Which, which animal would be um, the 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 control of the money? Which animal's the bank? That's a lion in my head. I would say a squirrel because they're hoarders, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Really good. Keeping all their nuts to themselves yeah. and then only sharing. Even nuts? Are you serious? Right. How did this happen? And then what else? Which which animal would be the? Who's going to uh, be the contractor, the builder? The contract, the builder. Well, it is. The weasel. <laughs> ants. It'll be ants. Because they all they do is like work together and construct stuff, don't work they? So hard. yeah. That is true, actually. Ants ants could build um you know, beavers dams for, for sure. Okay, so the plumber guy's just arrived at my door. So I mean this is property related, so we could keep it in. You boys talk amongst yourselves. Ask him for his opinion. I would domesticate a penguin, I think. Oh, what, what would you do with the penguin that they don't do much? No, but like imagine just like say you live on your own because I live on my own. So I'm thinking about companionship. Imagine you're like cooking breakfast in the morning. You've got a hard floor like wood or laminate and you just hear that their little feet clapping along the floor <laughs> coming up. You chuck them a bit of fish and it's great. And they look, you could put a little tuxedo on it. You've been watching Happy Feet recently, haven't you? They don't oh, sing, they don't dance. I just like the noise of it. It'll be like you have a you need to have a very cold house though for that. You just put it in the fridge. <laughs> the thing with penguins you can get a chest freezer and stick the penguin yeah. in the chest freezer to bring it out for like special occasions. The, fridge. the thing with penguins is you think they're cute, but the next time you go to the zoo oh, and you go in the penguin like enclosure, they stink. They do stink. Absolutely stink penguins. Well, my penguin would have a nappy. And it would also be cleaned every day. Oh, Orville. Shit everywhere. And I'd have a special penguin carer coming in to clean it. You could bring out an aftershave, to be fair. Oh, the penguin. Yeah. Yeah, you could do special penguin. <laughs> oh, the penguin. They smell like shit or fish. Side hustle. I don't know, I just think they're cool. Kitty I fish. get bored of it after a while. But for, for the beginning bit, it would be cool. I've thought quite extensively about this, and mine is a fox. Um, I am absolutely fascinated by foxes whenever I see them, and I can't understand why we haven't domesticated them yet because I think they would be fantastic pets. They're like they an between too. cat and dog, aren't they? Foxes. They're the perfect combination of cat and dog. They, they're they're kind of semi-domesticated because they're hanging around the garden. They're just wanting to get in, but everyone like tells them to you know where to go. It's like come mm. on, let me in. 
Yeah, I reckon if you worked hard enough, you probably could could train one fairly easily. Have you ever seen fox cubs? They're cute as fuck. Oh my god, they're yes, so they're cute. Lovely. Oh, they're the best. But they do stink, honestly. Especially urban puppies. Like if you if one of those comes near you, you literally smell it before you see it. They're quite unbelievable. Yeah. Fox nasty as well it's isn't it yeah. it's acidic no yeah. fox yeah fox poo is what my mum's dog just loves rolling in oh yeah as soon as as soon as um bella has a has a shower or a wash um you go out for a walk she'll find the the nearest bit of fox poo and just go and roll in it what the foxes eat everything they're, yeah, they're, not, they're not fussy they're vermin exactly. that's why they're breaking to bins would their poo still smell that's the question I think the rural the rural foxes will live on like they'll kill chickens, they'll kill baby lambs, they'll kill any animal they can get to. They're on a good diet. They're on a more natural diet, yeah, than someone that's raiding, raiding through the bins looking for scraps. Mm. Do you know that the animal that I'd like to domesticate is a is a pig? But the problem with pig is so when I asked recently what if you had to choose one meat that you would stick with until the end of time you couldn't eat any other meat i went pork which is like controversial because then i want to domesticate a pig and not for the purpose of killing it and eating it i should add but it's pork is just so diverse because you have sausages you can have you know whatever you can have cured you can cure the meat you know bacon you can have all that kind of stuff but i also love the intelligence of pigs i feel like if you domesticated it and it could speak you would have next level conversations with a pig. I would have thought pigs were quite thick. No, they are so into It's like octopus. Do you know an octopus is so freaking clever? Like, I would love to be able to give the power of speech to an octopus and a pig because they're next level smart. Let's see what happens because uh, Elon Musk has got a company or has had an idea uh, about you know, talking, uh, basically giving speech to your thoughts. They also control things with your thoughts and they, they're developing that and getting somewhere with it. Um, I wonder whether you could do that with you know, an octopus. Or I with... just say for anyone that's just tuned into Property Jam right now, they're going to be as confused as hell. Well, shall we, shall we bring it back to, uh, just like, back to it, some kind of decorum and um, move on to our, um, our final part of this episode and do some episode roulette? Episode roulette? No, okay. Right. So you've, you've been here before, Max, but for Alex and anyone that is new listening to this podcast, I'm going to scroll through all our previous episodes on Spotify and you can sh you shout stop at any point and give us your views on that particular topic. So I am scrolling now. Stop. Oh, episode 17, Guilty Pleasures. Good one. Hmm. Alex, go first. Yeah. My guilty pleasure. Is that the question? Yeah. Mine's ketchup on a roast dinner. Yeah, I know. And I, I honestly should disown you as a friend for this, honestly. What? Yeah, well, do you not know I, that about him? Hang on. No. Right. Everyone, everyone's, like, everyone's like, what? But first of all, I don't put gravy and ketchup on. Roast potatoes are like Why chips. Not? Everyone has everyone has chips of ketchup, pretty much. Meat, you'd have that with ketchup and a bit of veg. What's yeah, it's you'd have with ketchup. You wouldn't have veg on its own with ketchup, but you just would add you it have. On. Would you have beef with ketchup? No. No, you'd have beef beef with. Um, what do you have beef with? Really? Horseradish. Horseradish. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what meat it is. I respect <laughs> meat. <to> meat. <laughs> 
I was I respect your defiance on it, but I think it's dumb. My whole family do it. It was what I was born and raised to do. I should shut up. I put Tabasco on everything, so I just need to pipe down. So yeah, carry That's on. Pleasure, isn't it, Tabasco? Oh my god, and chili generally, right? Like I'm obsessed. Have you just not got any taste buds left? I swear, so. I think I've got an asbestos tongue now, Alex, because I've just damaged it so bad where I just, I need that chilli hit. But to be fair, I would not put any form of chilli on a roast dinner. For me, that's gravy, and I wouldn't put it on cereal. Those are the two meals, but everything else, chilli. <laughs> that would be very weird if you're putting Tabasco sauce on your cereal in the morning. Honestly. Imagine that Rice Krispies with, uh, with Tabasco. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. No. Um, my guilty pleasure is, is fish fingers. I oh, yeah. loved fish fingers. Yes. I, I would eat fish fingers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if I oh, could. Amen. Okay. And Tabasco. <laughs> with tea, yeah, yeah. No, with ketchup, actually. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I take ketchup and put Tabasco on it and then dip my fish finger in it. Wow. Have, have wow. Tabasco and ketchup joined forces yet? Honestly, no, I'll tell them. That's what I do all the time. <laughs> It's disgusting. To be fair, a fish finger sandwich is banging. I never have it. Whenever I do, I'm always happy. Oh, like going so back good. to your childhood and having a crisp sandwich. Oh, mm. salt and vinegar with cheese. Oh my god. Yes. Okay, I am scrolling again. Stop. Oh, okay. Where are we? We have got episode 21. Is this right? Have I gone too far? Oh, this is actually quite good for you. Hmm. Social housing. Mm -hmm. Did we do an episode on social housing? I don't remember. We did, yeah. but that was with um, was that with a guest? With a guest. Could be. No, I don't think we did. I think we just. I don't think so. Not because it's it's before. Are you on the wrong? Are you on the wrong podcast? Yeah, is it our podcast now? Have you just wandered into? Uh... Gone on to someone else's podcast. This is episode twenty-one. Social housing. Maybe who was who was on this? Was is anybody it? on this? I think it was just us because we normally have the guest name, don't we, or something in the title. And that was pre-guest. So yeah, social housing yeah. boys. What's the chat? Well, what, Which what talk through? What yeah, do you social housing like? topics? How important is social media to today's property investors? No, that was them. Um, social media. That's different. Mm. So, but say social housing. No social property. Yeah, that episode was it. twenty-one. So, that was what we talked about. Do you remember, boys? We talked about how important is social media in your property journey. Do you need to be on social media in order to be a property investor? That's what we talked okay. about. Okay, nothing to do with social housing then. No. Because no. <laughs> it says at the beginning. It's true. I, it's misleading. It is true. Yeah, it's misleading. Well done, now. You, you I was having this conversation recently, and the, I think the, the the main answer is no. You don't. Um, I think. Um, it's, it's kind of, it depends how you use it. Um, so for example, for your guys is podcast amazing, right? Cause it's B2C anything B2C. I think the world, uh, if you don't have social media, you're falling behind mm. B2B, which is pretty much what property is um, in the main, apart from finding tenants, but that's not done via social media. I think Facebook a little bit is good for filling rooms. Um, but I do think, um if you've got it you've got to make a good job of it because the way i see it it's like a if it's like a shop window so if you've got a website your social if you have an instagram and a linkedin and a facebook and everything else to match it it looks great because people can go on and be like oh these guys are doing what they say they're going to do um but i don't think it's necessary for actually finding 
people to work with no um but if you've got it i would i would make it good because it's like a shop window similar to a website really you don't need a website but it's a way to showcase your pro- your project so yeah what i normally do is i connect with someone and i keep them updated via social media well that's what say i normally do alex controls our social media so i should probably let him answer because he controls on it but that he controls it but that's my thoughts it's like it's a way to keep the people that are already invested in you updated but it's not a necessity is my answer okay here's here's a question for you just on that point max so if you were an investor and you were going to invest into someone's project and you went onto social media and you couldn't find them at all, would you invest in them? So that's kind of what Mm. I was going to touch on there is I think for, you know, what most people in property development and investment are using social media for is to, to try and, you know, get investment. Um, And I think that you're, I mean, you know, I may be completely wrong and I'm sure there'll be plenty of people out there saying, well, I've done it, but, um, for example, Instagram isn't generally a platform where you're going to find investors who are going to invest tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds into your business. The way ours kind of works is usually it will be through LinkedIn, um, where you'll make a connection, start a conversation, maybe have a phone call. And then on that phone call, Max will be like, go and check our website, check our Instagram. You can see everything that we're doing. And I think Instagram is a great as like a like a journal or a diary of everything oh. that you you're doing currently um and your website is a great place to kind of portray your your vision and your the voice of your company who you are where you want to be going um i think in terms of like initial contact something like instagram isn't necessarily ideal for finding investors at least but I completely agree with what you said, Matt, in terms of showing, um, kind of showing proof that you are doing what you're doing um, and that you are who you are, uh, it is very important as a, as, a, as a proof of concept, I guess. Yeah, social proof, isn't it? Our, our lenders tend to love our social media the most, actually. But yeah, I don't, to make the connection, uh, you, I don't, I, we've never had found someone on social media at all. No, don't um, rely on people contacting you through social media it's just it's not the right business for the right place i think product based businesses services your podcast is fantastic for you know promotion but if you're trying to find a high net worth individual to invest hundreds of thousands of pounds into your business and learn how to play golf yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably not going to happen through a selfie oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no i'm doing it all wrong you close it on or off <laughs> you might be you might be able to do it if you're on a beach somewhere uh, well i don't know i don't think i could <laughs> stick you in a bikini babe i think we're very very quick to going downhill here so i'm going to bring us to a, a very rapid close so i was going to say thank you very much max and alex oh. for uh, joining us um, how can people find you if they want to connect with you in the in that world of social media uh, yeah, you can find us at stuartclintonproperty.co.uk is our website, at stuartclintonproperty. That's property with a Y, not properties. Um, and both of us are on LinkedIn, just under our, our names, Alex Baker and Max Rayner. And I'm, if you turn up to most UK golf clubs, you're bound to see me at some point. So true, it's only bloody does. <laughs> Be in the 19th hole. <laughs>
Uh, that's that's where you are. You've fallen into it, Niall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, say so thanks again, and that'll be a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from us. <laughs>